Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something to Welcome back to another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, John, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Rob, the latest Believer. Speak to me, my warriors. Ah, yes. Quite the week we had. Is it safe to say that this is uh, one of the most eventful weeks we've ever seen in wrestling? Certainly one of the weirdest weeks we've seen. Uh, potentially one of the one of the most uh, eventful. Um, and to top it all off, very eventful week for... Uh, one of the guys involved in the uh, main event of WrestleMania, I think. Oh, yeah. I think what, what we're experiencing is is on par with what he's going through, and uh, a bit of ups and downs and all arounds. Yeah, it it all started with the uh, Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, WWE Network finally into full gear. Uh, we get to watch the Hall of Fame live, which I I don't believe that had ever been done before, right? No. They just you just get a video of it later probably. Yeah, I mean even even when they uh, pretend to air it in its entirety, they really don't. Yeah. Yeah, so that you know, I tried to watch it all as it happened and ended up having to leave I guess partway through. But man, uh, interesting ceremony. Lita, could, who knew she could talk your ear off? I mean, she, girl wouldn't shut up. Yeah. But uh, it was cool enough. I mean, the scene with her. Getting a beer over to Arn Anderson and Rey Mysterio and all that. Right. And then uh, Mr. T gets cut off by Kane because he can't shut up either. Yeah, that was that was really weird. I was not expecting that, and as soon as it happened, it was kind of surreal. Like I almost didn't believe they actually did that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really odd. Like I guess they can't play the music like they do at the Grammys, like or the Oscars. They don't have music for that. <laughs> right. But that's the more appropriate way to get someone to wrap it up, you know, not coming out there and just looking at him and say you're done. <laughs> yeah. Mr. T looked like a deer in the headlights, man. But really like as it was going on, you know, I didn't even really listen to his speech because I just uh, it's Mr. T, what do I care? Yeah. It's like this is the wrestling hall of fame. I mean, his speech was literally longer than he was ever in the ring. Oh yeah. So yeah. I mean, why does why do the celebrities even need to give a speech? They could just say, "Hey, thanks. It was great being involved with WrestleMania." You know, now let's let me turn it over to the guys that actually wrestle. Yeah, well, I guess he figured this was the uh, the one time he was going to get any kind of serious uh, honor, and yeah. uh, he wanted to take a moment to thank his mother. Right. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I really didn't listen to a word of it. So. And then we had the uh, <laughs> the headliner of the Hall of Fame, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, we obviously have a lot to talk about with that. 
But uh, before we get into that sad subject, uh, let's let's focus on WrestleMania. Sounds like a plan. Start off with uh, start off with something positive. Yeah. Or, well, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest uh, you know moment of the night was uh, the Undertaker match, Streak versus Brock Lesnar. Um, I think a lot of people had been concerned that you know the build was really weak for this one. They didn't really get into any. I mean, as far as like storyline wise, they didn't really sell you on it that much. Right. Uh, I mean, they at least laid their hands on each other. Brock gave him an F5. Undertaker uh, clotheslined him out of the ring once. You know, stabbed him with a pen at the contract signing. Right. So they had some interactions. You know, it wasn't like they didn't have any build, but. Right. You know, going into it, we thought, eh, this is just kind of a, you know, Brock Lesnar's a placeholder. Uh, you know, they, maybe maybe there were other plans. If Punk had been around, maybe he was supposed to face Cena or Brian or something. But whatever, he's facing Brock Lesnar. We didn't think much of it. And then uh, then he loses. <laughs> Clean. 21-1. Yeah, yep. to, uh, to the extent that... I think people are, are in disbelief and they're thinking that possibly something went wrong and it was a shocking moment. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about that. Has that ever... I mean, certainly there have to be times when they've counted to three and the guy was supposed to kick out. I mean, I can't think of one, but I, that's had to have happened before, right? Yeah, um, I would have to guess so. Yeah. But it's kind of, you know, take your best guess. I mean... There's not a lot of um, times where someone's going to own up to that. Right. And there's not a lot of opportunity where we're going to hear that you know, something went down that shouldn't have. Yeah. But this, I think this was definitely planned, don't you? You know, I tend I to think, think so. No. You know, and, and some people are thinking that, you know, maybe this injury that they're reporting is legit and... Whatever, but I still think I still think there's enough evidence on the table that it went down the way they planned it, and that uh, they planned for him to lose. Yeah, you know, I think because when you think about who Undertaker is as a guy, you know, he's an old school type, and tradition in the old school was that you go out on your back, right? Yep. I mean, he as much as the streak was important to WrestleMania and to the fans, it's like. To him, he probably wanted to lose his last match, and if that was his last match, I mean, which at this point I gotta think it is, that's the way that uh, really we should have all along expected it to happen that he would go out on his back. Yeah, and I'm not even so convinced that that was his last match. I mean, I think it very well could have been because he he wasn't certainly didn't um, light up anybody's world with it. it was certainly, um, everybody I talked to thought it was kind of a boring match. Uh, I gotta be honest. I mean, it was around dinner time here, and during that match is when I was in and out of the kitchen, and I, I miss parts of it. You know? Now, was that because of lack of interest, or because you thought it was like a given that he was going to win? Kinda. I mean, and and just yeah. I mean, I watched the first few minutes of it, and you could tell that they were just working really slowly, you know. And I knew it was going to be twenty-five minutes long, right? And so, just yeah, like probably about ten minutes during the match, I was only like half paying attention to it. Right. Um, but now, looking back on it now, I wish I'd watched it all like with my eyes glued to the TV, but go yeah. figure. 
So how much of that is because the Undertaker, win or lose, you knew he wasn't going to be around the next day. You knew that it wasn't going to have any effect on the next pay-per-view. Yeah, that was part of it. I mean, I, it does, you know, and I think it's to what I was saying earlier about how the build just seemed kind of weak is that it's just it was hard to get excited about it. Right. And after it started and they didn't appear to be doing anything special and they were working really slowly, I just thought, eh, well, you know. I guess there'll probably be a pretty spectacular ending to this, but after that, I'm just looking forward to watching the main event. Right. So, so yeah, but uh, on to the, uh, the actual result there. I, I thought it was really well done that it just, in the way that it just completely shocked the arena, and they didn't, you know, play Brock Lesnar's music right away, which is kind of an, a different twist on it, or even announced that he'd won, you know. Yeah. They just kind of let it sit there for a second and let everybody let have their marinate. mouth agape. <laughs> yeah. Let it kind of marinate with people. And you didn't even get to watch it live. You saw it the next day, right? Right. Um, somehow avoided that major spoiler. I did, yeah. I don't know how that happened. I, I was I was thinking to myself when it happened, I was I desperately wanted to like message you something, but I, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't even want to let you know that there was a surprise at all. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know, usually if one of the first things I do when I get up in the morning uh, is I, I check uh, I check Reddit. And I yeah. didn't do that. I was like, nope, not gonna not gonna do it. Not I'll gonna check, do it. I'll check the weather. Wouldn't be prudent. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I didn't want it to get spoiled, and it didn't. Yeah. So, what was your reaction? Were you were you mouth open like everyone else? Oh yeah, I was I was sitting there dumbfounded. I I had no idea why they did it. Uh, you know I. So let's get into that. Um, I think I've read some good opinions about it. Um, you know, one obviously that we already said that you know he's an old school guy. If he was ready to retire, then he wants to go out on his back. Yep. And you know it's it's possible he's done. And then there was there was some foreshadowing really throughout the buildup. They were basically telling us he was going to lose. I mean, the video packages, they were saying, with each match, it gets harder and harder, and showing him, like, just struggling to complete the matches. You know, and, and then it says, like, one day your time will come, too, and all this. Like, the entire buildup was basically saying he's going to lose. Yeah. And then he comes out, you know, and he's got all those coffins, and the Brock Lesnar one gets set on fire. Yep, like... So like, it's like... Uh, so it's the... He doesn't have a coffin to put him in. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just really weird. And I guess part of me just, part of my disbelief is just that, you know, if someone was going to end the streak, I just thought, you know, there are more creative ways they could do it. You know, they could make it a casket match. They could make it a career match. Yeah. At the end of the day, if I would have heard, okay, Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker is a casket match, or it's, you know, the streak versus his career, at that point I say, okay, well, Undertaker's probably going to lose. Yeah. So I guess it's good that they didn't go that route because I was totally shocked. Yeah, and I think that's the idea is that, you know, with a, with a form of entertainment that's scripted like this and we tend to be able to predict what they're going to do, the fact that they were able to pull off something so shocking is just incredible. Yeah. And... 
you know, I I think it works on a few different levels, though, that, you know, because uh, you already said it, that people kind of assumed he was going to lose to maybe a younger guy that could really use it to boost his career. Um, but it actually, you know, if you think about it, if, if a guy like Roman Reigns beat the streak, there's going to be a lot of people that will hate Roman Reigns no matter no matter what he does from then on. Oh, yeah. You saw how emotional everybody was about him losing. It was just, yeah. it's, it's not like it even matters. I mean, it's not for a title or anything. It's just a streak. Right. But he means that much to people. And so you gotta you got to remember that some wrestler is going to have to take that burden on. And Brock Lesnar's the perfect guy to do it. Oh, yeah, because... because he's believable as a monster that can beat The Undertaker for one. And... He's already a heat magnet anyway. I mean, he has no aspirations to be a face or anything like that. So, right. You know, and now he becomes the guy that you have to try to beat at WrestleMania. I mean, it almost works perfectly. Yeah. And, you know, Brock Lesnar has done a lot for WWE. Um, I mean, he really provided, um, you know, just a, a character with just this aura where it's like, you know, he, this guy's a beast. I mean, he's he's a destructive force. Like, yeah. you're afraid when you when you watch him beat up on people. And, you know, he really just kind of added a huge aura uh, to the events that he was part of. Yeah. Um, he did that in UFC, and I, I think it's great to kind of capitalize on that. Um, so I don't necessarily have any beef with the fact that Lesnar's the one that did it. Um and, you know, I was a proponent of it being a younger guy, somebody that could, you know, really build off of that. But when you think about it, um, that's a huge feather in Brock Lesnar's cap, and I, I really feel like he's deserving of something of that nature. Yeah, and it immediately kind of erases some of the problems with his return. Um, losing to Cena, you know, the, the stuff with Triple H, it's like... Now he's the guy that beat The Undertaker. Now all that stuff Paul Heyman says is true. It's like there's nobody else with this guy's resume. Right. You know, college national champion, UFC champion, undisputed WWE champion, and he yeah. broke a freaking streak. Yep. I mean, <laughs> doesn't get much better than that. So, yep. you know, he, he can be set up as just such a monster heel that, you know, somebody like Dana Bryan might have to go through. Or... Um, you know, potentially over the next five, six years, he could be the one that has a WrestleMania streak that somebody needs to beat. Yeah, and, and let's face it, um, Brock Lesnar's return, you know, ever since he, ever since he, you know, stopped with UFC, and, you know, he's been a part-timer, but it's not like his return has been great. I mean, he hasn't been dominant. He hasn't had a world title match on a pay-per-view that I can recall. No. Um, he's... You know, he won some matches, lost some matches. So this is really like, I think this is a good way to kind of move into the territory of him being a legit contender, a guy who legit gets things done in the ring and isn't just trading off and on wins with, uh, you know, some top-name guys. Yeah. Yeah, and you hope maybe it's the start of him being a little more involved. Uh, maybe he's turned a corner on thinking that he really wants to, to do this, you know, yeah, and not just be a, a guy collecting a check. Um, but I guess we'll see. So, um, 
you know, I, I really do kind of think this is the it. This is the end for Undertaker. I mean, he just didn't look healthy. Uh, and just the way it played out, like, it was set up in a way that he was kind of walking off into the sunset. Like, they had the the um, the smoke and everything. Yeah. The, the dry ice, whatever it is. That he, and he just kind of vanishes into it uh, as his music's playing. Yeah. And you feel like that's the way that the Undertaker would go out. He would do that, and then we'd just never see him again. Yeah, I'd like to think that he'll still be back. And, you know, something I'd like to think about, whether it's a discussion now or whether it's discussion for next time, um, what matches does he have at WrestleMania? Like, what, what, a, what potential future opponents could he have given that, you know, they wouldn't be focused on breaking the streak. Kane, I mean, that's the only one. It's the only one that has a built-in storyline. Yeah, but, I mean, at this I point... I can't think of anything else that I, I would even actually be that interested in. I can't really think of anything else. A lot of people, at least last year or the year before, probably two years ago, were talking about the potential for a match between Undertaker and Sting. Um, oh yeah, that's that's never been any... the meter for me. But yeah, I know a lot of people talk yeah. about it. Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, I don't even know whether that match has any potential interest in for me anymore. So yeah, it's just it's hard to imagine two fifty-year-olds. I mean, I don't know, I and mean, I think that's one of the reasons Brock Lesnar made a lot of sense as his opponent because he can carry him. You know, I yeah. mean, you saw those German suplexes. I mean, Undertaker didn't even move his legs. Right. <laughs> There's like pretty much nobody else that could have gotten him over. Right. Um, or Cena, I mean, I guess is another one people talked about. I think we, when we did the show like a year ago or something when we were talking about Undertaker Cena that we looked online and they had only ever been in like two matches with each other. Yeah, but I guess at this point, what's the draw for Undertaker versus Cena? Like, There's, no, Cena there's no draw, yeah. I mean, it, it would have to be a situation where John Cena would be heel, and he would essentially be saying, I wanted to be the one who beat your streak last year, mm -hmm. and I didn't get the chance, so now I want to further diminish your legacy so that I can keep building my own. Yeah, that's hard to imagine. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I think he's done. I really think he's done. You know, I think this is the way he would have wanted to go out. It's just at WrestleMania against the guy who's legitimate beast, so it doesn't tarnish his rep at all. Goes out on his back, goes out with his music, and if you noticed, he came in wearing the uh, the hat that he used to wear. Yeah, he looked a little different, but he never really wears that anymore. He's always with the hood. Yeah, no, that's true. So it was a little bit of a homage to his original look. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And 30 is a nice uh, round number to go out at. WrestleMania 7 to WrestleMania 30, that's quite a run. That's true, and I guess his luck ran out after 21. <laughs> that's that. also that's also an interesting coincidence. Yeah. All right, well, any more on Taker, or should we move on to the main event? No, I think, I think we beat that dead man horse. Uh, yeah. All right, well... The main event of the evening, uh, well, I guess first we should start with the first match of the evening was Triple H, and well, on the card at least, was Triple H and Daniel Bryan. 
Yes. Fantastic match between them, as expected. Excellent match. And uh, he gets the clean win. He gets him with the knee. Pins him one, two, three. No funky shenanigans. Yeah, and I, I think that's almost how it had to happen. Um, because, you know, Triple H has kind of been building it up like, you know, not that, not that Brian can't beat him, but that Brian isn't legit. And yeah. you couldn't really have him cheat to beat Daniel Bryan at that point because that would kind of give Daniel Bryan some uh, some credence as a uh, as a viable competitor. Well, it would and it would take away from Triple H's entire theory that he's just better than Daniel Bryan and he shouldn't have any problem beating him. Exactly. You can't cheat if you think you can beat the guy straight up. Exactly. Uh, I think I messaged you, and I really hope this happens at some point, that Daniel Bryan should have put his hand up at the beginning for a test of strength. <laughs> He's got to do that to somebody at some point. That would just be so fucking funny. And then, yeah. But use it as like a way to fake the guy out and maybe do a you know, toe-something. Toe what do they call that, where they trip him? Drop-toe-hold? Yeah, something like that, you know, just flip it into a move like that. Because, you know, the guy, like, if he does it to Triple H or somebody, they're going to have this smirk on their face and kind of, like, let their guard down. Yeah. So, I hope he does something like that. I, I would think he could think of that on his own. <laughs> I don't think I need to tweet it to him. Yeah, well, I'm but, not sure that he's checking Twitter right now anyway. Yeah. No, right. he's uh, no, he's getting, getting some buns. Think so? Oh. Yeah. What he's, makes you think that? Well, I think he got married today. I did see that on the internet. To uh, a rather attractive young lady. Oh, was he engaged to somebody? I I couldn't tell. WWE would never. Uh, I know. Would never talk about that. They don't talk about it ever. It's crazy. So, in, all, all kidding aside, were you surprised at the end of the evening that uh, that Miss Brie Bella didn't show up? Yeah, I'd always kind of thought, especially with Stephanie's involvement, that she might show up. But for whatever reason, they want to keep it separate. Yep. And I don't even mean, like, during the match. I mean, like, in the culmination with confetti coming down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would have been cool. And I had told you before uh, over messaging, just thinking that, like, I thought it would be nice because we hadn't seen Vince all weekend. Right. If he would at least, like, come out and not necessarily like, go to the ring or anything, but just on the the top of the stage there and just be kind of cheering with everybody else. You know, and they could have at least had a, uh, a moment similar to what uh, Owen Hart did at WrestleMania 10, where when everything's all said and done, and some people are celebrating, you have Owen Hart come out and kind of sneer at his brother, like, like oh, I, I can't believe you did this, and, and I hate you now more than ever. You know, I, I thought yeah. could have had a moment like that, but... I guess the individuals who definitely would have been doing that uh, had already been taken care of at that point. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they gave him his, his moment all by himself. So what did you think of the uh, the main event then? I thought uh, it was... You got the three-way, and then uh, Triple H came down for a bit, but for the most part it was just the three of them. Yeah, and I really liked how they played it up where you know Daniel Bryan was kind of out of it for a little while. He, uh, you know, he was on the outside, and it was, you know, Batista and Orton fighting back and forth, and then every so often Daniel Bryan would kind of jump back in, and yeah. it, it gave us that idea that, uh, 
you know, even though he had been taken out in the first match or after the first match, um, that this was the reason he was going to be able to compete. It's because the other two guys had to compete against each other. Mm-hmm. So I liked how they did that. The one thing that I didn't really like, and a couple other people um, have agreed with me, so see if see if you agree with me. Um, potentially one of the biggest spots in the match was Batista's power bomb with Randy Orton's RKO on Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Through the announce table. Yeah. Did anything bother you about that? Uh. Well, I mean, obviously it looked like Randy Orton was the one that got hurt. Yeah. Because he landed on the monitor. And what did Batista do? Batista just stood there. Yeah. Like he didn't know what to do. Yeah, I think they were... Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe the the initial plan was that he was just going to pick up Orton and start, you know, working on him. And then when it looks like Orton might have actually hurt himself, he probably just froze. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to bring a guy back in after he's been gone for a few years and you're going to have him win the Royal Rumble and you're going to have him main event WrestleMania, you should probably pick a guy who's not going to freeze in a moment like that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was really odd. Although maybe they told him to do it. You know, maybe he was supposed to do it in reaction to Brian. I guess. But Brian didn't even move. He just sat there. That's true. So, I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely odd. I, I do recall thinking, uh, what's going on here? Like, why isn't Batista continuing the match? Yeah, and, you know, I'm not going to be like one of those guys who uh, who says that it ruined the entire match for them. Because um, I'm, I'm certainly not that pretentious. Um, but it was it was a funny spot. It's not something I'll remember a year from now. Yeah. But, Batista just standing there like a goof, but yeah, but that was you know, and I guess they've done that before. With uh, did they do that with Benoit with the getting on the stretcher? I know that they've done it with Mankind, right? He got he had to get on the stretcher after the Hell in the yeah. Cell. Yep, when he got thrown through, and then he came back and finished the match. And... Yeah, I feel like they've done that move a couple times. But yeah. uh, so that was cool, and you know, you legitimately they sold it pretty well that he might be hurt. Um, you know, because people like there were so many like ring crew guys coming out there and paramedics, and you just thought, well, well, maybe he did get hurt because you know guys can get hurt, and they would definitely need to react to that quickly if he did. Oh sure, and you know, part of me actually thought there was a potential for that, but part of me also thought that uh, there was a potential that it was just you know part of the angle, and this is how they were going to have Batista still be able to win it and people not riot and uh, and to give Daniel Bryan a reason to uh, challenge for the belt. Yep. That that thought ever crossed your mind while you were watching it, or were you just kind of like, what is going on here, and, and just looking to see what happened next? Yeah, I just, I wasn't really thinking ahead. I was just totally in the moment, you know? Yeah. And it was it was definitely though there was a little part of me thinking like there's no way he's not winning this match so the fact that he was being carted off I was like well <laughs> wait a second right I just I can't imagine WrestleMania ends another way yeah and it didn't so that's good yeah but uh yeah and I liked how they finished it with him getting to uh, tap out Batista instead of pin him 
Yeah, it was. Uh, it worked well, especially given the way things ended with Triple H. Yeah. And uh, I was really, I was. They had me in the in the final moments of the match. I, I said to myself, "Oh no, you know they're gonna they're gonna do something. They're gonna they're gonna mess me up here." Yeah. But they didn't. Yeah, there was there was a lot of close close uh, calls there at the end, and and of course when Triple H came out, that was a pretty pretty good moment where he finally was able to nail him with the sledgehammer, and and they didn't even bother with having Triple H stay at ringside; they just got rid of him. Right. That was a good move. Yeah. No, they uh, I think they ex they executed this uh, this main event very nicely. So those are the two big matches, really. Uh, well, three matches, I guess that we talked about. Um, you know, and and we've got some other fallout that we want to get to. But uh, you know, in terms of WrestleManias, I mean, what's I think we can all agree, or most of us seem to agree, that 17 was probably the top of all time, right? Yeah, it was. It was certainly one of them. I haven't uh, haven't given a lot of thought to how it ranked them. As a Which whole. do you have like a, f- a few that stand out to you? You don't have to rank them, but just, you know, like if you were to sit down and go back and watch an old WrestleMania, like which ones would you pick? Well, as, as soon as you started down this uh, this topic here, you know, a minute or two ago, the first one that came to mind was WrestleMania 17, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Because that's certainly, it's certainly one of them. WrestleMania 10 has always been um, you know, kind of special to me. I think it was the first one that I ever watched live, but I still maintain that that was a really, really good WrestleMania, and you've got... You know, five matches in there that uh, that I really enjoyed and that I think still hold up to this day. Um, maybe four. I, I I don't know. But yeah, um, that was that was that's probably my favorite. Um, and WrestleMania eight also holds a uh, nice spot for me because. You know, it had a lot of good feuds and it had a lot of good matches and uh, just all around. Uh, how about how about you? Is there any uh, other than seventeen? Anything stands out? Yeah, eight is definitely up there for me, mostly because it's the first one I really was I really watched when I first started getting into wrestling. Right. Um, you know, I'd only heard bits and pieces of wrestling before. I never really paid attention, but I had a buddy that uh, was really into it, and his dad would like order pay-per-views for him so we got to watch eight so that one always stands out to me i was a big Macho man fan loved the feud with undertaker and jake the snake uh it was kind of the beginning of Shawn michaels i kind of liked him a little bit yep so eight stands out to me 17 i i certainly think is was the best top to bottom um and uh I, I, I want to like 14 better. Like I feel like that uh, Steve Austin and, and Shawn Michaels is such an iconic matchup, but it just didn't really play out very well. Right, and Shawn's back was hurt. Um, yeah. I mean, that was certainly a, an interesting card. I mean, you had Triple H against Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. You had uh, The Rock against Ken Shamrock, pretty, uh, two, two pretty big names. Uh, I, think, I think 19 also is pretty strong. Yeah. You got Lesnar and uh, Angle in the main event. Oh yeah. You had Austin's final match with The Rock. Um, but so so the point of this is, you know, where does this one rank? I mean, I'm I'm hearing people put it top three already. Oof. Um, I think our competing radio show 
at 17 number one, WrestleMania three number two, and then this one number three. All right, so here's what we'll do. Um, in the next, over the span of the next week, I think we should each look at uh, some of the WrestleManias mm-hmm. and try and rank them, and we can come up with a composite list. We'll do a special uh, half-hour episode of the Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast where we go through our our composite top ten. How about that? Yeah, we could do that. And uh, we've we've been getting a quite a bit more uh, activity on our Facebook page. Nice. Um, definitely some more comments. Uh, we added a uh, a new admin to there. Um, two new admins, and uh, they've been stirring up some conversation. Uh, so that's good. Um, nice. So maybe we'll get them to weigh in too. But uh, certainly, um, any of the listeners want to speak in and try and uh, you know. Affect our uh, our opinion of where where what they think should be a top WrestleMania or what they think was an overrated WrestleMania. I think people should go there. Yeah, but I, I mean, I gotta think at least for me. I mean, I I definitely watched Seventeen when it happened. I I remember being pretty blown away. Yeah, but I was I was pretty damn blown away by this one. I mean, it's up it's up there. I mean, it really yeah. top to bottom. It was you know Taker Lesnar. You know, not the highest quality match, but obviously what happened was. Just one of the most memorable WrestleMania moments we'll ever have. Um, Cena Wyatt, I thought was was great. Um, Bray Wyatt, you know, has really proven himself to be a main event player. Oh yeah. Um, and I do have a, a couple thoughts on how that went down because I know a lot of people were disappointed about Cena winning, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. But uh, Brian and Triple H, I mean, what a way to open the show. I mean, has there ever been a better opening match than that one? Um, aside from maybe. Uh... Owen versus Brett 20 yeah, years ago. That's true. Other than that, that's it's a it's a good point. Is that uh, it'd be hard to hard to pick anything other than Brett versus Owen. The Battle Royal went ever well. Uh, oh yeah, much better a, than I expected. And a great moment to finish it up with uh, Cesaro doing the ex- like the exact movement that Hulk Hogan did on Andre the Giant. Yeah, oh, I thought that was uh, that was certainly a WrestleMania moment. And then, and let's not forget, we had the three biggest icons in wrestling history in the ring together drinking beers to start the show. Yeah. I mean, yeah, how about was... that? People just went nuts when they heard that glass shatter. And, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. You know, I try so hard to avoid spoilers. Yeah. And I just happened to click onto Twitter <laughs> the second before the glass shattered. And I uh-huh. see, I see uh, our friend Duke saying, Austin... And I was like, Austin, what's he saying? And then the glass shatters. I was like, oh, uh, damn it, I just spoiled myself. Right. Um, but that was cool, you know. And then The Rock, and you know, everybody goes crazy for that, too. So, I don't know. I really yeah. liked that that we got to see them and Hulk Hogan calling it the Silver Dome. I mean, it's just classic. Right. Yeah, it's, and it's funny you say that about spoilers and that segment, in, especially because uh, there's a couple of reasons why I didn't watch the pay-per-view live. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did want to see if the stream was doing all right, you know, just kind of more oh, yeah. curiosity. <laughs> and so, uh, so I stopped what I was doing and I uh, I fired up the computer and I checked it, and the first thing I see is uh, is that trio in the ring. So that's yeah. the one part of WrestleMania that did get spoiled for me. Oh, nice, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the network, though, I mean, it was pretty much flawless. I didn't have any problems. Yeah. So, I mean, 
this is the dawning of a new era, my friend. Yeah, I'm. I'm you get surprised. to watch all the pay-per-views for a measly yeah. ten bucks, and it was available to go back and watch. You know, like as a DVR. You know, just like half hour after it ended. After it ended, I went back and rewatched uh, the ending of the Undertaker match. Nice. So. Yeah, and it, it was nice to be able to uh, to catch up on it, um, not have to have it happen as it occurred. Yep. Uh, All right. So one last one last piece on the matches that I just, I mentioned a second ago is the Bray Wyatt Cena. Um, I know a lot of people were disappointed Cena won, and I I came to the realization that he pretty much had to win because this match is is purely for the children. You know, as much as we love Bray Wyatt, like John Cena is the hero of the kids. Right. And Bray Wyatt apparently scares the piss out of most kids. Oh, he's he's the Undertaker of this generation. When I was exactly. a kid, yeah, the Undertaker scared the bejesus out of me to the point where when I played the Super Nintendo game, uh, when my friend would pick the, the Undertaker... And, you know, as soon as you move over to his character on the screen, on the character selection, mm-hmm. it starts playing his music, <laughs> and just, you just hear the gong. I'm like, I wanted him to cut it out. Like, I wanted him to, like, pick the character and move along. That's or, hilarious. Or pick somebody else, because, like, it just creeped me out. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. And actually, yeah, I got creeped out a lot by Papa Shango with that whole thing with the warrior. Yeah. That was nuts. So, the the point where I kind of I kind of realized that uh, John Cena had to win this match. You know, I was I was really hoping that uh, that Bray would win and have a huge WrestleMania moment. Um, when they when they started talking about it on Raw this week about you know what John Cena did, what he overcame. I mean. Bray Wyatt wasn't just trying to beat him. Bray Wyatt was trying to shatter the fabric of what it means to be John Cena. Yeah. I mean, he was trying to say, you are a monster. And maybe that's a failing of how they were selling the match because I didn't really I didn't really grasp that until afterwards. Mm-hmm. But that's really what Bray Wyatt was trying to do. And... You can't do that to John Cena. I mean, well, I mean, they they played it pretty well, you know. I mean, you really thought he might lose it and hit him with the chair during that match. I mean, that's a really nice old-school storytelling right there. I mean, they don't do stuff like that anymore. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, John Cena's the, the make-a-wish make guy. You know yeah. I mean? Like, he's never going to stop doing that. Yeah, he had to win. I mean... Yeah. And it's and it really doesn't hurt Bray Wyatt, you know. Oh no, I, I he'll get a win over Cena eventually. I think the match against John Cena elevated Bray Wyatt about as much as the win over Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. He already got to go over clean the guy that freaking ended WrestleMania with confetti falling on him. So yeah. it's not like he's getting buried or anything. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next twelve months we get. Um, a big-time world title match between those two. And how great that they already have some history, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, I mean, we, 
you know, for as much crap as the uh, creative gets, I mean, I think everybody has to kind of sit back and say, well, well crap, they just gave us quite a show, and they got a number of storylines that are that are pretty intriguing. Absolutely. Yeah. So we will get to some of Monday Night Raw shortly. I guess we should go ahead and talk a little about uh, the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, yeah. how crazy is this? The guy gives that speech, you know, and he's he's got his family there and all this, and you know, it's touching that he's he seems to be in a good place. You know, he's going to be a WWE ambassador. There's a picture of him and Vince hugging. I mean, just it's like the guy had been gone for 18 years. All we heard was garbage, and yep. uh, suddenly he, you know, he gets his redemption, and uh, people get to meet him, and everybody's excited about it. Get to see him. Uh, on Monday Night Raw, cut a promo as the Ultimate Warrior. Yep. And then, less than 24 hours later, the guy drops dead. How and did you hear? That? How did you hear the news? Uh, I got home from doing something. I think I was out watching a baseball game or a hockey game, and uh, <laughs> I literally sat down on the toilet, <laughs> pulled open my phone. And I see it on Twitter or on uh, on Reddit actually, and I thought, well, this can't be right. Yeah. But then there was like ten threads about it. Right. I mean, yeah, that's just that's got to be one of the craziest things that's ever happened. I mean, he the guy cut a promo of his own death. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and 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 it it crossed over to mainstream media. I mean, everybody's heard about it. I was at the bar the other day. And uh, I hear some guys do the Jim, Jim Doug, and Ho. And uh, one of them comes up to get a beer, and he's next to me. And I was like, were you guys doing the Jim Doug, and Ho? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we're all talking about wrestling, Ultimate Warrior, and all that. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I just, I've never talked to a random stranger about wrestling until this week, and it was because of some of the craziness that went on. Yep. So I, uh, I fired up Reddit, and... One of the first things I see is that uh, it's a tweet from Triple H about the death of the Ultimate Warrior. And, you know, obviously they don't have a great history together. You know, I, Triple H said some disparaging things about uh, Ultimate Warrior. And the only thing I could think, you know, right when I saw that was that this was their way of retiring the character Ultimate Warrior. Because Jim Helwig changed his name to be Warrior. He didn't change it to be Ultimate Warrior. He changed it to be Warrior. And so I thought that was Triple H's way of retiring it. You know, like, it's the death of the Ultimate Warrior. Right. And so I was like, well, that's kind of cheesy, but okay. And then you just carried on with your day? No, well, you know, I I looked into the comments to see what some people were saying, and then I realized it was legit. And I I was, you know, just as stunned as everybody else. Yeah. So surreal. So surreal. Yeah, and really sad. I mean, it's just, you feel like the guy just, he was getting a second chance, and then it's just all gone. (laughs) Yeah, you know, he's yeah. got his kids, and it's just it's incredible. 
But uh, and he's really, you know, he's one of those guys that was larger than life, you know, for people our age. Um, you know, him and I always think of him, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. Like those three were the the three big ones. Oh yeah, I mean they carried the company for you know for a very long time. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm glad that he got the chance to speak up about the DVD that came out. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I certainly heard, yeah, that they just completely trash him, really. Yeah. So it's it's nice that he got a chance to kind of answer that and speak to that um, and speak to the, uh, the letter that Vince McMahon wrote him and the check, you know, all of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sad... It's a sad fact that there was such animosity between them all, all those years, but uh, it's nice to know that uh, that they cleared things and uh, to a certain extent and that the warrior got to say. Yeah, yeah, you know, you always, you know, that's the things that people regret in life is, you know, like you hear older people, you know, as they're nearing the end, they say, you know, God, I wish I had made up with that person or... I don't know why I held a grudge for so long, things like that. And so he was able to bury the hatchet and connect with his fans. And, you know, and, and you hear from all sorts of wrestlers, you know, especially after what happened Tuesday, say how, you know, how lucky they feel to have been able to meet him. And Batista was saying that he got a chance to finally tell him that he shakes the, rope as, shakes the ropes as an homage to him. So, right. So, yeah, it's cool. I mean, he got to do a lot of good stuff. And, but yeah, it's tough. We've lost uh, too many of those guys. Yeah, I saw a, uh, and I, I think I put this on um, on our Facebook page. Is there's uh, a piece of art that someone did where they took the cast of or a poster for The Expendables. Hmm. Um, you know that that movie series with uh, you know all those former action stars. Yeah, with the Austins in it, right? Uh, yeah, and so they took they took that and they um, they superimposed or photoshopped or whatever you want to call it um, the faces of wrestlers who um, have died too young uh, under uh, the Ultimate Warriors on there Owen Hart's on there um, Rick Rude is on there it's just yeah it's just fun to look at so uh, you know anybody that might be listening that maybe hasn't seen that should uh, Go check that out, because you know one other thing that that happened with this was, uh, you know, Sunday night it came out right after the the match that there was like Undertaker, you know, it collapsed or something like that, and they had to take him to the hospital. Right. And so really, all that night, I was kind of I was kind of tossing and turning anyway, just because it was such a whirlwind day of of stuff yeah. going on. Sure. But uh, you know, it was just it was. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that Undertaker lost, and then hearing that he had to go to the hospital, I like, I was like really dreading waking up the next morning and hearing that something happened to him. Oh, that would. Yeah, yeah. So that was, you know, because I felt like the way he left the ring, like I felt like, oh my god, I just watched his last match. Like I'm, I'm still convinced I, I just watched his last match. I don't think he's coming back. It's highly but, possible. Yeah. You know, so all in all, it's just like I wasn't ready to have him retire and then to hear that he was in the hospital I was like oh my god I you know I don't want to wake up tomorrow and check Twitter and find out that something happened 
And then, yeah, I mean, but then the next day, on Tuesday, it, something did happen. It's just different guy than I expected. Yeah, and The Undertaker's your guy, right? Like, he's historically... Yeah, yeah I, was, I was definitely into him. I mean, I've always been into a little bit of morbid, uh, you know, movies and stuff. And so he just kind of... He was really appealing. I liked his shtick. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I kind of lost it a little bit once he went for the biker gimmick. Like, yeah. to me, to me, like, WrestleMania 13 is kind of, that's The Undertaker I liked. Gotcha. But, uh, so I didn't really follow him as much lately. But but still, you know, the fact that he's he still has been wrestling since I started watching when I was 10 years old is pretty incredible. Yeah. He's, he's certainly a guy that uh, probably means a little bit more to uh, people our age than, uh, than the youngsters out there, but... Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh Yeah, I was just you know, it was just crazy because I had actually almost prepared myself to hear that something happened to one of our one of our superstars and then uh it did. <laughs> yep. So very weird. Alright, well let's move on to <clears throat> more uh uplifting topics. Yeah. We got the premiere of someone we've been waiting to see. Paige. We've yes. been seeing her on NXT. Uh, I think a lot of people thought she would be the first one called up to be called up, but uh, Emma went up first, and then uh, Paige comes out on Monday with the uh, with the rowdy post WrestleMania crowd. Probably a lot of Brits there that were happy to see her. Absolutely. And uh, throws it down on AJ. Gives her a challenge. AJ slaps her. Now, I mean, you got a three-hour RAW. Yeah, could they have had a match that had more than two moves? I mean, they could have, but know. And, you did know, you like, you liked how they did it. I, I did, um, because Paige came out and she just said that she wanted to congratulate AJ. Yeah, and AJ took offense at that. Right. And AJ is kind of the one that instigated it and kind of made the match happen. Yeah. Um. You know, quite honestly, I'm a fan of Paige. Um, she's a great wrestler. I wasn't expecting her to get called up at all. Not that she isn't ready, because I think she's more than ready. Yeah. But NXT, for people who haven't watched it, they rely heavily on uh, Divas content. And I, I don't know how they're going to replace Paige. Well, she's... Uh, at least still on there for now, because she's still got the divas. She's still got the uh, the title down there, whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, and because I actually saw a screenshot of her in the NXT ring with both belts, so she's at least on an, one more episode. I don't know if I, she's gonna. I don't know if she's gonna relinquish the other belt or something. Maybe that's how they'll do it. I think she almost has to because, I mean, quite honestly, you can't have, you know, some. NXT diva beat her for that belt and not have claim to the uh, yeah divas championship. Um, what a week it was for AJ, right? Um, she kind of gets thrown into that uh, craziness at WrestleMania. Um, she survives it. Yep. Then she ends up uh, losing on Raw, and I don't know if you noticed this. But uh, she had some hardware on her uh, left uh, oh, ring. Yeah. yeah, I saw that 
last week actually when she was on the um, they were doing those WrestleMania today panels yeah. like every day. Yep. Yeah, so she was on one of those and you could see it on there. Okay. Big Rock. Yeah, now now for people who uh, who might be listening who didn't didn't notice um safe to say that CM Punk probably has a good week of his own, right? Yep. So uh he's finally ready to stop mowing down the roster, huh? I guess. Uh, you know, I got to wrap this one up. And I'm not surprised that uh, CM Punk would pick AJ to be AJ under contract. Yep. Because, you know, she's there's been reports that CM Punk is not uh, the kind of guy who likes to go out in public and you really do anything. He likes to kind of be low key, and he doesn't live the superstar lifestyle. He saved up money, um, yeah. and AJ is a chick that likes to play video games. She's nerdy. Right, right. Yeah, they can go play Call of Duty together or something. Yeah. So. Although he's been spotted at a couple hockey games, so. Yeah, but I think that's more because he loves uh, Blackhawks, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, she's a good choice. I mean, she's probably, despite the way her character is portrayed, she's probably less crazy than a lot of the other divas he's <laughs> been with, from what I hear. Right. So. Uh, but, you know, I I actually didn't really like how they did it, because eight, nobody's ever gotten out of that widow, or black widow, whatever she calls it. I don't think anybody's ever gotten out of it. Okay. So it was the first time it had been broken, and, you know, all it took was the page turner, I guess, as her finisher, to put her away. I just thought, like, maybe, like, a few more moves after she becomes the first person to break that hold. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I kind of like the fact that uh, it would have ended right after the page turner because it's almost like AJ wasn't taking her seriously. Yeah. You know, so... It wasn't even like, you know, oh, the page turner, you know, is is the one thing that can kind of put uh, the Black Widow, you know, in its place. You know, it's it's almost like she just kind of on a whim decided to defend the belt, and she just she wasn't really, you know, giving any credence to her opponent, and then suddenly she got shocked, and boom, any given Sunday, you know, she loses, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, from that perspective, I kind of like it. Um, I don't know. I, I wish they would have done something to kind of wrap some things up with, with Paige and uh, NXT before they did this. But either yeah. way, are you, you happy to see Paige on uh, on Raw? Yeah, it'll be good. I just I hope going forward that they do get a little more time. Because, uh, I mean, I'm not all that into women's wrestling, I think I've been clear about that on the show before. Yeah. I don't really care about it, but I can recognize that at least these few right now that are up are pretty talented, and it would be nice if they wouldn't always get, like, one minute to have a match. Yeah. Because they actually probably could have some good ones, and then uh, and that just gives us another storyline to chew on. Yep, and, and uh, you know, for a while there, uh, the Divas division wasn't all that interesting, and I found out that uh, it's probably because Finley wasn't there. Um, Finley, for people who watch WCW or I guess WWE a little while back, um, they might recognize him. But uh, yeah. he, he apparently is the road agent in charge of the Divas division, and he was mm. gone for a little while. Gotcha. And 
now that he's back, it's more interesting, and uh, I think he's the reason why. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I guess they'll probably have a rematch at the pay-per-view, and maybe at that time they'll get a good 10 minutes or so to really have a match. Yeah, you might actually see more time spent on the pay-per-view match than you do on typical uh, on typical Divas matches at pay-per-views. So that would yeah. be nice. Yeah, <laughs> and I was waiting for that match to get cut out of WrestleMania. I was just like, oh, my God, because the time was definitely running over a bit. Yeah, well, I actually, I actually thought it wasn't going to be on there because they, they hit a point, and I was like, okay, well, two matches left, but, you know, they can't actually have a 17 or 14 Divas match at this point, can they? And what a weird concept for a match. I mean, it just didn't work. Yeah. I don't know. What I was really, thinking? I was really thinking that Tamina was going to do something, but I yeah. guess I was wrong. Right. I was kind of hoping, yeah, when the Bellas, like, started knocking into each other, that one of them would just pin the other Bella, and then that's how they'd do it. Then Bree could have had the best week ever, right? Yep. All right, well, that's enough Divas. As <laughs> usual, we always spend too much time. That's uh, so, the way we end every Divas segment. Yeah, exactly. So uh, another kind of fallout of Monday Night Raw is the fact that there's a new Paul Heyman guy. Yes. Which was, I thought that was pretty well, pretty cool how they did it. Um, he's in the ring there with Zeb and tries to cut a promo and Zeb cuts him off. <laughs> and, uh, and he basically tells him, you know, I'm not a Zeb Coulter guy, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. Yep. And everybody kind of lost their mind over that. Yeah, and that weird crowd that uh, doesn't give a crap what WWE is trying to sell or how they're trying to sell it. Yeah, they just ate it up just like we did at home. You know, it's, you know, kind of, you don't really expect uh, Paul Heyman to get cheered. Uh, But uh, people were definitely glad that he's no longer a Zeb Coulter guy. I can't see how to blame him. Yeah. And I I feel like there's like a manager versus manager match in in our future. But I I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But, uh, yeah, so that's cool. I mean, I think we've all expected he's going to start getting a push. I mean, he he had a big night on Sunday, obviously, um, in the pre-show, uh, getting to swing swagger, uh, and then winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Yeah, that was so, a pretty uh, big deal. Kind of a coming out party for him. Not what about nice. this uh, King of Swing thing, though? <laughs> um. I don't know. I think it's one of those annoying nicknames that uh, that Paul Heyman can give somebody that um, you know may was, last, might not. But do you think it was his idea, or I don't know. I um, think it's a little too cheesy for him. Yeah, maybe. The one thing I did like hearing was when Paul Heyman uh, introduced him. Uh, it might have been SmackDown. It might have been later in the night on Raw where he introduces him as the next big thing. He says, you know, whatever, whatever, the King of Swing, the Swedish Superman, the next big thing. I like that because that's what he used to call Brock Lesnar. Yeah. There's, there's no need to save that for Brock Lesnar anymore because Brock Lesnar is the current big thing. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I really like that callback to, uh, you know, Paul Heyman being the guy who can identify talent. Yeah. And that would be quite a quite a matchup if they ever cross paths. 
Oh, good lord, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, and that's... It's it's really cool that he's got Paul Heyman, although I think he can definitely talk on his own, so hopefully they give him a little opportunity. I mean, I know with Brock it doesn't it just doesn't matter. Like he's never gonna cut a good promo and nobody expects it. <laughs> right. But Cesaro, you know, you hope that he doesn't become a silent guy that just has a manager, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the way they kind of used Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar, where Brock Lesnar can talk a little bit, but the majority of the talking is done through Heyman. I think that that works out well. Say something stupid, Paul. Right. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Um, and after that, he hasn't really said anything else. Yeah, pretty much. They're like pretty much, they just kind of stopped letting him talk after he did that. Yeah. All yeah. right, and then <laughs> and then uh, uh, Monday Night Raw closed with a pretty cool situation. Uh, Triple H basically dictated that he's going to have his rematch for the WWE Championship on Monday Night Raw's main event, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Right. And uh, I really liked how Orton and Batista came out like a couple thugs, you know, with like no music. It's like the only thing they needed was a baseball bat, you know, and like slap it against their hand like they do in the gangster movies, you know? Yep. Like you're just like, oh, okay, <laughs> he's going to get beat down. Yep. And uh, so sure enough, they did that. Kane comes out and chokeslam him too, and looks like all's lost. And uh, the hounds of justice show up. You know, today. they had me again, just like uh, just like they had me WrestleMania. I I really thought, okay, well this is going to be how Daniel Bryan loses it this time. Yeah. I really thought, you know, and I uh, they got me again. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. They did it really well. Um, I think they had most of the arena. Oh, yeah. So, you know, because you just... Nobody's helped him, ever. <laughs> right. So you figure, okay, well, nobody's coming to help him. So, right. but then, yeah. I mean, I guess they kind of foreshadowed it a little bit with the shield getting cut, talked down to earlier in the show. But, yeah, so that was yeah. great. And then... Um, did you notice? And people have been pointing this out on on uh, our favorite forum, the Squared Circle, yes. that Triple H kept referring to, like, as he was yelling at them, like, kind of off mic, but you know they pick it up anyway. Yeah. That like we're not going to do this war right now, and he kept saying war. Yeah. So I mean, what do you think? We're we're just going to talk a little bit about who, what's next for Brian, but I mean, what if they do a four on four? And some people were pointing out, you know, war games. Oh, bringing back that concept. You know, I I didn't like the idea of a four on four. I'd heard some people talk about it. You know, Daniel Bryan in the Shield against uh, Triple H, Batista, Randy Orton, and Kane. I really didn't like the idea of a four on four. But you had me at war games. <laughs> you had me at war games. I mean, uh, it never happened before because Vince was running everything, but, I mean, it's pretty clear he's not running shit now. Yep. I mean, he might be, I'm sure he's a consultant, but it's really Triple H running stuff. And yeah. If he wants to do war games, I'm sure he could pull it off. Yeah, you know, I could see it happening. Yep. And that's infinitely more interesting to me than just some four-on-four four because... 
honestly, if you have a pay-per-view and the champion is on it, if you don't have a number one contenders match and you don't have a world title match, yeah. then I don't, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Well, and it's and it's extreme rules, right? So, I mean, this is tailor made to have a match like that. I mean, this is a, this is the pay per view you could do it at. Yep, and uh, I don't think I don't think you really have to sell people on why it's happening either, because I think just the way things have all been setting up sets up pretty nicely. Yeah, it would further solidify the Shield as the, as a face team. Um. Further solidify the obvious reunion of evolution. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then and you know really like I just I can't think of any good opponent for Daniel Bryan right now. You know I think it I think sometimes you have to take a pay per view off. You know. Yeah. Because if it, if it's just Orton, I mean we've seen it a million times. Right. Batista. I don't know. I guess Batista versus Brian is a little little new, but still, it just doesn't. It just feels like more of the same, you know. It just feels like. Well, yeah, they and they definitely wrestled on Raw. Uh, I want to say twice. Yeah. No, uh, but I mean, just as far as being like a pay per view title match, you know, this, yeah. it would be a new thing. But, you know, I, I think this, I think the organic movement of this story with the way that it, the four on four in the ring there. I think I would like it if they continued with it and just say, hey, screw it, let's have four on four. Now, and then the fallout of that will dictate kind of who he ends up facing next. So are you are you kind of discrediting the idea that uh, Brock Lesnar wouldn't get a shot? Yeah. I mean, the fact that there was nothing said about it, you know, I would think if he was getting a shot soon that Paul Heyman would have said that in his promo. Right. He didn't make any mention of it. Um, So I think maybe that's something that might be more appropriate at, like, SummerSlam. Maybe, you know, they try to headline SummerSlam with that. I could see that. It's certainly a better spot for it. Um, You know, I was kind of thinking that they were going to do Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. But I did not want to see it happen, um, you know, until at least SummerSlam. So, yeah, yeah I'd, li- I'd like them to find a different opponent for uh, Daniel Bryan. I'd be cool with War Games. Um, yeah, they got to figure out something because uh, I don't, I don't want to just see some random four-on-four match with with no kind of stipulation about the title. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hope they they do the war games thing. It's just it, it kind of sets up too perfectly, and that would just be really fun to watch. I mean, the Shield, especially in any sort of match like that, are just incredible. And then you now, throw in Daniel Bryan and you know Triple H and Norton still perform at a high level, so the whole thing would probably be really good. So here's another thing that I'm that I'm just now coming up with that uh, I'm not going to say I'm creaming over it, but. Uh, well, you be the judge. Uh, mm-hmm. They do if they do war games here in uh, you know the end of April or early May. That sets up very nicely for something I would love to see. One of my favorite pay-per-view gimmicks come back in June from 
back in the day, I would love to see the return of King of the Ring. Oh, yeah. Because King of the Ring uh, gets the title shot at SummerSlam. How nicely would that work for Brock Lesnar to come back for King of the Ring and dominate that? Oof. And then uh, Can we get Brock to wrestle three matches in a night? Oh, yeah. I mean, it has to be. Well, you could easily have him dominate one of them. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, if Sami Zayn was in it and he just destroyed <laughs> Sami Zayn before the match starts? Yeah. Oh, he'd, he'd anger a lot of basement dwellers, that's for sure. <laughs> Come on now, John. That's our target audience. I know. Well, they know who they are. <laughs> and they know they'd be pissed. Yeah, exactly. But they would love to see it because it would mean Sami Zayn on their television. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's just you know that's just another guy of the many. You know, it's just incredible. They're really, I mean, NXT is the future of the business. I mean, almost everybody that's involved at a high level right now came from NXT. Yep, they're certainly doing a good job of stacking the deck. And I mean, you're seeing the Shield, right? They're dealing in all the main event situations quite yep. often. Uh, all NXT guys. Cesaro, NXT, uh, Bray Wyatt. Um, you got Big E holding the Intercontinental Belt. Uh, Daniel Bryan even was on, you know that when it, before it was actually a promotion, he was on NXT. Right. Uh, who else we got? I mean, it's just, they're all over the roster. All the divas. You know, AJ was on NXT, wasn't she? Uh, I'm not sure about not the that. show, but she was on. I mean, not the promotion part of it, but I thought she was on the show. No, she was definitely a, um, what do they call it, like a coach. Mm. Remember when they did that? Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? Placing third right. 2010, yeah. Back when, they, uh, back when they did Winners and Losers, she beat Caitlyn, right? Or did she lose to Caitlyn? I think she lost to Caitlyn in the vote. So she came in third, yeah. Okay. But anyway, like basically everybody that we care about, you know, is is uh, an NXT alum. You know, the future is uh, looking bright, and it's really a good way to do it. You know, because if you're not, if you don't have a good enough indie scene that they feel comfortable that these people are being developed in the way that they want, especially like with mic skills, right? Then do it yourself, and uh, it seems to be working pretty well. Yeah, you know, I, I think one of these weeks we're gonna have to do. Um, an NXT review of you know how we feel about the different episodes and whatever. Yeah. Because um, you know that's an interesting point is that they've got a bunch of guys down there who seem like they could uh, they could make an impact. No pun intended. Um, and we saw two uh, vignettes for new premieres. I guess we always get those right after WrestleMania. So. Believers worldwide are uh, ready to believe. Now he's the one that obviously I recognized, and and he's the more interesting of the two. Help me out here. Do you recognize the other guy? This Adam well, guy. He was he was Leo Kruger up until like two months ago. Okay. They just like completely changed his name, and now he's this ladies' man gimmick. Were you impressed by his work in NXT at all? Yeah, he's a good worker. I mean, I saw him wrestle as Leo Kruger, and he was good. Uh, I think he had the title for a little bit. Okay. 
Um, and, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed because I would rather see uh, Tyler Breeze first. Because <laughs> I, just, I just think he's hysterical, and, and he's pretty good in the ring, too. So, I mean, he would just be a really nice addition. But, you know, I guess they're going with this guy first. Yeah. And he's been around a while, I think. He's done a lot of indie wrestling, I, I think I read. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not as familiar with him. Uh, it's going to go by the name Adam Rose. Adam Rose. Yeah, he's actually 34, so he's been around. Huh. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I look forward. I look forward to seeing what that guy can do because it's a weird gimmick. Let's we'll see if it works out for him. Let's see what he's done. He had no. He had the FCW title twice. So he's yeah. He's been in their system a long time. Yeah. So. Interesting. So they're finally giving him a shot. Yep. Now, I know we don't typically talk SmackDown here. Uh, something happened on SmackDown. I don't know how much more from Raw you wanted to cover or anything else. But uh, another guy... I've actually only seen parts of SmackDown, but I don't care if you spoil it for me. Go ahead. Okay, well, you might have seen earlier in the week that uh, Fandango uh, parted ways with Summer Rae. Yes, kicked her to the curb, yes. Do you know who he replaced her with? Ooh, I actually don't. Can I get some guesses? Uh, Is it somebody that we've had has been on the main roster yet? Yes. Okay. Um, Is she normally a valet or a wrestler? Uh, Normally a wrestler. Okay. Hmm. I don't know well, that she's ever been a valet. Okay. Well, it couldn't be AJ. Nope. Uh, probably not Emma, right? Right. I will say she had a match, or she got involved with a match where Emma was involved. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, Layla? Layla. Is it? Good guess. Oh, wow. You are correct, sir. She actually jumped to mind first, but I just want to make sure that we were talking about a wrestler, not a valet. Huh. Right. Well, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, she's a little freak. I like her. She. Uh, I mean, you listen to the lyrics of her song, it's like, eesh. This girl's looking not, for action. I'm not sure I uh, recall the, the lyrics, but I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I can't even think of him because I haven't heard it in a while, but I remember noticing him before. I wonder if, huh. is it the you can look but you can't touch? No, that's the Bellas. Okay. I'm always I'm always too preoccupied. Hers is like something about like she can't get enough, she can't be satisfied. Huh. I don't know. It's basically a lot of innuendo. Were, were, you, uh, were you watching during Lay Cool? I was not. Oh. I miss so, the dark days of 2011. She's she's a pretty good character actress, if that's what you want to call it. Oh, yeah? Uh, she and Michelle McCool had a uh, really good gimmick for a while where they were kind of, you know, bitchy uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Worked out pretty well. For nice. my money, anyway. Yeah, and then they like they shared the belt? They did. They did. It was, it was a money storyline. 
I really enjoyed it. And then I, I assume eventually they had to have a match over it, right? Um, they did something. I, you know, I can't even remember what they ended up doing to resolve all that, but hmm. it was entertaining while it happened. Yeah. Well, I look forward. I'm going to have to uh, fire up SmackDown after this and uh, see him introduce his, his latest. Yeah. I'm, I'm She's sorry kind of to... short, too, so I don't know. She oh. is, yeah. But Does it look odd can... with her standing next to him? And she can dance. So, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, back when uh, WWE re, um, uh, resuscitated ECW, you know, made made it their third brand. Mm-hmm. She she definitely danced. She was money. Yeah. Well, you know, I think between the two of them, I'd probably go with Layla. Between the two of uh, oh, Summer Rae and uh, Layla. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Not that I'm any catch, but. Well. If I were in Fandango shoes. Oh yeah. Dancing shoes. Right. So you think uh, you think they're going dancing? Yeah. Yeah. He's probably got her stuck to the ceiling already. Hey oh. Possibly. Maybe she's got him stuck to the ceiling. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. I think uh, I think we covered everything. I think we did, uh, top to bottom. Um, did you hear about TNA? No. Did they so, finally uh, close up shop? <laughs> no, but... Uh, you could ask me, did I hear about TNA every day for the last two years, and I would say, nope. Okay, so I'll tell you this. On uh, on their latest edition of Impact, let's see if this storyline rings a bell. I'm just hoping we have at least one fan that's like really into TNA and just gets pissed off when I say I don't watch it. Anyway, go ahead. So tell me if this storyline rings a bell. They've got a guy who's not as tall as a lot of his counterparts. Oh, boy. Uh, but he's a, a strong guy. Mm-hmm. Has a really long beard. Oh, boy. He, he wins a number one contenders match at the beginning of the show. Oh, God. And then he closes the show as new champion. Oh. World champion. Not Does just... he have a girlfriend who's a twin? <laughs> You know, people are saying that uh, that that's that should be next. But, yeah. Uh, now his girlfriend's kind of crazy, but. Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, the same week as WrestleMania. Yep. This this week. Wow. I mean, they have to be trolling at that point. Right? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, they they can't actually think that that's a good move, right? No. You know what it almost reminds me of is uh, where you have a situation where, you know, like Marvel says, okay, you know, we've got Thor coming out in uh, June. And so uh, you have, you know, independent movie companies that come out with a movie called The Amazing Thor that, you know, obviously has nothing to do with Marvel. It's just, you know, whatever, just so that they can, you know, trick people into thinking that they're watching Marvel. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like that at this point. Like, you know, I've always been interested in TNA wrestling. But this is yeah. just like, you know, come on, this is such bush league stuff. Right. Like, I don't know who's trying to sell the front office on 
the fact that this is a good idea. I don't know how the front office is, you know, thinking to themselves that this is the great, a good thing to do. Yeah, there's there's clearly no control. I mean, Ooh. nobody has their head on straight. And there's such an opportunity, you know, because I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of television deals to the future for wrestling companies. I mean, there's WWE, and then, you know, good luck with anybody else getting a television deal. And the fact that they have one, and it's on a prominent channel in prime time, I mean, they're not capitalizing on it. Yeah, they're really not. And they can't seem to figure out anything to do that moves the meter. And I just... It boggles my mind why they would think that copying WWE almost verbatim in this sense is a good move. Yeah. I mean, it's cringeworthy. I mean, in general, nothing's really new in wrestling. But yeah, I mean, the same week. Might yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only thing they didn't do is, you know, have the boss's daughter and the boss try and stand in the way. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's it's bad. Now, I try to defend them. I try to, I try to you know, sit here with the hopes that uh, they're going to figure some things out and catch some sort of lightning in a bottle, but this is, this is just... It's almost unforgivable. Like, there's got to be like a suit that's just completely out of touch and just says like, "Well, it looks like everybody loves what the WWE did. Let's do that," you know, and just really has no concept of the idea that like wrestling fans do have a brain. Yeah, and they can see what you're doing, and it's stupid. Right. You know, they just think that wrestling fans will lap it up just because it's there. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that their uh, their ratings don't change all that much would speak speak otherwise. Yep, it's the same people every week watching. They don't gain or lose anyone. It sounds like. Yeah. Same, one million people or whatever it is tune in every week. Yep. All right. Well, that's our show. I think we got about a ninety minute one in the books there. Yeah. Well, and you know we were due after WrestleMania. Which, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk you into doing some specialty episodes here in the future, and uh, sounds good. Knock out some uh, some interesting topics that people listen to for for weeks and years to come. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be the episodes that that uh, get us our long term loyal fans, and it's it's gonna be wonderful. So excellent. Be on, be on the lookout for that. Yes, I'm looking forward to ranking WrestleManias. I think that'll be good. Probably yeah. something we should have done before WrestleMania, because that's traditionally when you do something like that. But whatever. Now that we have a new one fresh in our minds, it'd be kind of interesting to see where that ranks. Yeah, and I was actually thinking about that before WrestleMania. But I like the idea that we can now say where we think WrestleMania 30 fits in yep. amongst the others. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. All right. Well... Till next time. Good show, John. Pat ourselves right, in the right back. Rock. Yep, now go watch that uh, Bo Dallas vignette again. I know you've seen it 20 times. I'm going to go watch the best of Layla. Woo! Yeah. All right, see you next week. Later. I had enough, boy.